0: Eyers on the road. Parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Eyre.
1: And here we are. I'm uh, I'm not anywhere near Linda today. I'm not even sure she's on the line. Are you here with me, honey?
0: I am here. I'm away on the other coast, though, in Boston, having a great time with some grandchildren.
1: Thank goodness for this radio show. You. We just want to share that with you listeners, that if it weren't for this show, we wouldn't even be together. But as it is, I'm in Park City, Utah, Linda's in Boston, and we're together at last.
0: <laughs> so we have been on the road a lot this week. And I have to say, and uh, Richard, for Richard's cause, that we have been at this World Senior Games. I think we mentioned that last time. But Richard then has won two silver, silver medals. You I wish you wouldn't talk about kind
1: of silver medals, Linda. Sil- silver medals mean second place.
0: I know, but they're beautiful. I like silver better than gold, actually, myself. But um, I know you'd prefer the gold, but silver is not that bad. So actually, yeah. I wish
1: all of you, uh, all of you male or male listeners, were as lucky as I because I. I have a wife who doesn't like gold. I can I try to buy her gold jewelry and she says, "No, no, I like silver. I like the cheap stuff." So that's a good thing, isn't it, honey? It is. Those of you who are tuning in new each week, I'm always sure there's a new crop of listeners who who think, "What is this show? Iyers on the Road. Is this a travel log? Is this a travel show?" And the answer is, "No, no, no. This is a parenting show and the Ayers just happen to be these vagabond people who write books and travel all over the world talking to parents, talking to people about relationships, talking about their books, and trying to do something that's very, has a lot of alliteration in it. We're trying to fortify families by celebrating commitment, popularizing parenting, bolstering balance, and validating values. And so that's what we're going to do here with you for the next half hour.
0: We um, have been trying our best to do that with our very own grandchildren this week, at least I am, um, after we left the senior games. And uh, I didn't mention that other silver medal was the triple jump, which was amazing and you missed the goal by one-tenth of a centimeter, which is sad. But still, mm-hmm. as I did, I like silver better.
1: All right, moving on.
0: Moving on, I um have been in Boston this week and actually I came out here for the baptism of our the first child of this cute family that lives out here. Um, it is our, really our, is daughter, a wonderful...
1: our our third daughter Sadie and our fourth child Sadie who's now a marvelous mother of four beautiful children of her own and the oldest of those Turned eight years old and was baptized yesterday, and what an occasion it was, and boy, did I hate to miss it. I had to send her a video message because I could not be there, but Linda was there in all her glory, and I think you gave a talk, and you sang a number. You were like the whole program.
0: No, there were several people, but I was quite uh, quite evident in the services, but it was an amazing day for this little family because... Not only was their daughter baptized yesterday afternoon, but in the morning, the dad was was sustained as the bishop of the word. And um, most of you would listening would probably know what a bishop was. Some wouldn't. It's like um, the leader of the diocese or the leader of how would you say it?
1: Well, it's more prepared. like a par. If you're a Protestant, it's more like more like a a, a minister in a, a local parish. church. Yeah. And, uh, that he reports to a stake president who's like the leader of a diocese. But, uh, most of you listeners might be, uh, familiar with the lay ministry of the Mormon Church. But if you're not, it is quite a marvelous thing that, uh, ordinary people, although our son-in-law does not happen to be ordinary, I must say, but, uh, ordinary people are called to be bishops and leaders of the church and teachers and there is no paid ministry and it's quite an interesting situation and you might say what does that have to do with your subject of parenting well what's amazing to me Linda is that people can add sort of a third balance point everyone's trying to balance their work and their their family and their hobbies and then suddenly you get called to one of these positions which may take as much as 30 or 40 hours a week and you still have to balance and it's like you've suddenly got one more ball to keep in the air one more thing to balance and yet somehow amazingly people seem to do it and their families often seem to get even stronger and better despite how busy they are I guess it proves the old adage If you want something done well, find a very, very busy person to do it.
0: Well, and a very, very committed person because this family was just about to move from Boston out closer to us out in Utah, and we were all so excited. But uh, the call came just on the cusp of that decision to go, and they decided, okay, then we'll just stay and do it. So, um, wow, what a commitment, what a sacrifice, but at the same time, what a fun time they're going to have because you get to know people so well, and you learn how responsible people are and how irresponsible people are, and you learn everything um, because you're there to help. And it really is quite an amazing journey.
1: And as much as we sometimes sort of feel like, wow, I need... I need every bit of my time. I need 24 hours a day just to be the parent of these children. They take so much time. They take so much mental energy. They take so much commitment. How can I do it and a job and have a church job and still play golf or whatever it is that you do? And, and you know, the answer is it is not so much about... It is about time, don't misunderstand me. Time is always a key factor, but even more than the amount of time allotted are two very very sort of critical factors. one is commitment and the other is focus. and I think what we've observed, Linda, over the many years that we've been with parents, spoken to parents, listened to parents, counseled with parents, it seems to come down to those two things if a, if a parent is committed to the children and to the priority of those children they will always find a way to get it done and if they're focused on those children during the time they do have for those kids they will be a good parent and those two things are more important than the number of hours spent with the child although again i don't want to underestimate time and I, and I'm not making a case for quality time. Sometimes quality time uh, it's it's a wonderful concept in a way but it becomes kind of a cop out. People say, "Well, I don't have much time with my kids, but the time I do have is quality time." I'd like you to think about that, listeners, that there there's a certain truth in that if you're really committed and if you're really focused when you're with your kids, it is true that you can accomplish a lot and be a good parent without being with those kids full-time. But I also have to tell you that in our experience, both personally and in the people we've worked with, Quality time really comes with a little quantity of time. It's when you're with a child without a lot of pressure, not running to something else immediately, maybe on a weekend, maybe on a vacation. Those longer expanses of time often become the best quality time. So what are we saying? We're saying be committed, be focused, and then prioritize your life enough that you find an adequate amount of time to really be a good parent. Don't expect that you can do it in little five-minute snitches between all the other commitments of your life.
0: Well, I'd like to add just a couple of other issues that are very important with kids, and we keep coming back to this too. One is praise. Be sure that your kids know that you love them, that you think they're awesome. But to go right along with that, the other is family laws, and so that the kids know very clearly that when they step over the line, there is a consequence. I think sometimes parents are really frightened of their kids. They want to be their friends. They want them to like them. And they really don't step up and say, if you behave this way, this is the consequence. In fact, we really advocate having a family meeting and talking about what the family laws are Keeping them very simple and then having the kids help you figure out what the consequence should be if you break that law. And of course, that kind of changes when they're little kids. I've been with, the, with the little kids this week. Their oldest is eight, but go, they go down to one and there's four of them. So, um, they have a little different set of family laws than you would if you had teenagers. But the important thing is that the kids know exactly what the boundaries are and they know exactly what's going to happen when they go past the boundaries. So um, it really is important and, and we all make mistakes. I was giggling in the car today because, my gosh, we had one ride that was really horrendous. We've been in the car for about three hours today with these four little kids and without much food and. And um, so there were threats, and then there were, and then when we got there, there was no way to carry out the threat because it was dark in the parking lot, and um, they were they were supposed to stay in the car for a while, but it was it was too dark to send them. So we just had to go on and figure out a different um, consequence. But it is so hard to carry through and be consistent with those threats, and and. You can't really just go on threats. You have to go on laws. This is the way we act as a family, or this is what's wow. going to happen when you behave this way. So.
1: Um, wow, honey, you covered a lot of ground. You covered a lot of ground there. You just wound yourself up, and you talked about everything from praise to laws to uh, being dark in the car. But uh, I think everything you said was right, and I think what you really just said, if you think about it, honey, is you said uh, the old carrot. And the stick. Sometimes you have to have both, although don't interpret stick too literally. But kids do need to know what the laws are and what the boundaries are, but they also need some great motivation and some great praise. We're going to take a little break now, and when we come back, we're going to go a little further into that. And this will surprise you, Linda, but I'm also going to talk a little about how... How strange and counterintuitive it is that sometimes when you add another responsibility to all you've already got, you actually become a better parent. So we'll be right back after this short break. It's Ayers on the road, and we're excited to be with you in Radio Land, talking about families, talking about parenting, talking about relationships—the things that are most important in life. And Linda, I just wanted to—I had something come to me. We believe, and as you longtime listeners know, we sort of go by the seat of the pants, or to say it in a more sophisticated way. This is a serendipitous show. We talk about what comes to our minds. We don't have a script. We try to be current, and we try to talk about what we're feeling deeply about at the moment. And I just want to mention that Linda's in Boston right now with his granddaughter being baptized, but she's also been with, get this listeners, listen carefully, our Bulgarian daughter. We are so proud of a young woman who our oldest daughter met in Bulgaria while she was a missionary there and working in orphanages. And we were able, through an interesting chain of events, to, I say adopt this young lady, but I don't really mean that because she has wonderful parents, but they could not give her the opportunities in Bulgaria that she so badly wanted and that the parents so badly wanted for her. So as a young teenager, she came to live with us. Now, you might say, wow, you guys are gluttons for punishment. You had nine children already. Did you really need a tenth one? Well, here's the point I want to make to you. Eva came into our family and became an enormous blessing, both to us and to our other children. She taught our children gratitude and appreciation for their lives in a way that we never could have. She found appreciation and joy in the smallest little things that our kids took for granted, and it was through that interaction and that process that our job as parents actually became easier and was actually enhanced by adding this tenth child to our family. Now. We're not pushing you to have 10 children or to go out and adopt someone. But I think the principle there is very interesting, that sometimes the way you do your work as a parent is not to shun other responsibility. It gets back to this son-in-law, to Jeff that you're talking about, Linda. I really believe that despite the fact that he'll have more on his plate and be more busy than ever now being bishop of this congregation, I think he'll also become a better father.
0: I don't know if that's possible. He's pretty awesome. But I do have to say that we did spend the afternoon with Eva, and honestly, this person is incredible. Wow, are we ever blessed to know her. She is Miss Sunshine to start out with. She is so optimistic. She's over-the-top optimistic. Whenever we were having a bad day, she just cheered us right up, and she is getting more and more so as she gets older. But she is... Quite incredible. She's become a world-renowned photographer. She has the most amazing book out called Lost in Learning, that is uh, has won an international award. And now she's starting to do. She's doing TED. Richard, I haven't even told you this, but she's doing TED Ed, which is the TED Talks, which maybe some of you've heard of, stimulating people who just come in and give speeches on what they're doing. And now they're doing something with education. They're doing education. Talks, and they're just three or four minute talks, but she has just got one live right now this week on um, seeing the world through the optics of lenses. And honestly, she's just amazing. But I do have to say that she has a son. She's homeschooling and lives out on Plum Island in um, Newburyport and right near Boston. And honestly, this woman is amazing, and her children are turning out to be equally amazing. And their nine-year-old, is taking a class online from Princeton. Get this. It's a computer class, and he is preparing an app that he wants to get. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are, but that he really thinks he can get on um, the iPad. And it is just incredible. These kids are just beyond belief. They're darling, this little five-year-old of there just was a motor mask. She just didn't quit talking the whole time and telling me everything she'd done. They're both wonderful pe- All three of them are pianists now. Um, so, I mean, this is homeschool at its finest, and it, and it was again, let, so exciting let, let, to
1: be let, with her. Yeah, let me tie this all together now, because we're bouncing around a little here, but it's a good thing. I think we can tie it all together. What we're saying to you is that here's this Bulgarian girl who grew up in communism, and without anything to speak of, barely able to find food to eat, and bless her parents' heart, they did their best, and bless them again, because they were willing to give her up, their only daughter, in order to get her an education and get her to the United States. But along comes this girl, joins our family as a young teenager, and injects a sort of not only a sense of gratitude for things that our kids and ourselves, to be honest, largely took for granted, but this sense of optimism that you talk about, Linda, so that our whole family came out of it better for having had Eva there, and of course Eva is now a part of our family. And she takes what we were able to give her, an education and so on, and now turns it into this tremendous talent for teaching and writing, and along with her husband, Adam Timothy, who's the son of some of our best friends, and it's always lovely. when We've never gotten our own children, our own biological children, to marry uh, the, the child of one of our best yeah. friends, but we sure did with exactly. with Eva with our uh, Bulgarian daughter and so now she comes along and is making these great contributions to the world through her photography and her teaching and I just throw that out because I think one of the things we all have to think about and and be grateful for in families is that when there's love within a family unit and when there's enough love to go around and when uh, you're willing to make sacrifices in order to give a gift to someone else, it, it goes around and it comes around and it becomes a gift to the whole world and indeed to you as a person. And so in in all of our dis- discussions on this radio show of parenting techniques or parenting methodologies, let's never use fat, lose uh, sight of the simple fact that It's love that really makes it all work. And if there's enough love in a family, and I don't know if there's ever enough, we should always be working for more. I mean, part of our family mission statement is love more. Just keep trying to find ways to love more. That supersedes all the methodologies and all the techniques that we could ever have. And that's what really, really brings about strong children who have self-esteem and children who go out and give their own gift to the world.
0: Well, now let me just say that that's a nice segue into the way I wanted to end this show because, you know what, it doesn't always work out like Eva did because when you adopt, it is so scary. And the parents who are really the heroes here are, are parents who adopt children who have fetal alcohol syndrome or whose mothers were on drugs or who they don't know where they even came from, or whether they came from an abusive home, foster parents, and so on. It doesn't always work out that way. Wow, do we take our hats off to these people, because there are so many that are just in dire conditions with trying to raise these children. Wow, it is such a hard job. We have a wonderful friend who actually started an orphanage in India, but before all that, she had... Her own children, nine of them, and then she adopted, well, she had seven, and then she adopted these two children from, I think it was Lithuania, somewhere in the Baltics, who were in desperate situations. A little girl in a wheelchair that desperately needed surgery and she was about to die, and her brother who had been violently abused, not just sort of, but violently abused as a child. Well, the little girl in the wheelchair is doing beautifully, and their older child is struggling for his life to this day. It really is so amazing, these parents that step in and just try to help no matter what the consequences. So we don't want you to think that if you run out to Bulgaria and get somebody, you're going to get an Eva. It doesn't always work that way
1: absolutely and I again that's sort of my point is that no two families are the same no two situations are the same it's very easy sometimes as parents to look at other families and say wow I think they've really got it all together I think they're really lucky I think their kids don't seem to be giving them any hassles or troubles at all and you know the funny thing is that other families probably looking at your family and thinking the same thing so it's not about how many children you have it's not about whether you run off to bulgaria or lithuania or adopt someone it's not about any of those things it's about saying to yourself i am going to prioritize my family and i'm going to try to do what is best for my family and it may be a unique formula that no one else uses but i'm going to do the best i can and you know what linda in all of our traveling around, and by the way, uh, we're headed now next month for some very interesting places. We're going to be speaking to some parents in Dubai, in the United Emirates Republic. We're going to then be speaking, and this may scare some of you. It scares us a little, but we've checked it out pretty carefully. We're going to what it, we're told is a fairly safe part of Pakistan, I tell you I've been so emotionally wrapped up this week with the story about the little 14-year-old Pakistani girl standing up and speaking out for women's rights and for the rights of girls to go to school who was picked off of a bus and shot in the head and who now it looks like she's going to live but we don't know yet for sure and I mean here's there are so many heroes in the world maybe that's the title of this of this show and we usually figure out a title by the time we get to the end of it she's a hero parents who adopt are heroes and you know what parents who live in a small house in one little place and just do their best with one or two children and become committed prioritizing parents they're heroes too and what we all ought to do is acknowledge that there are people all over this world who who are as different as any two people could be, but who are exactly the same when it comes to how much they love their children and how much they hope that their children will have a good and delightful life.
0: Sometimes I do think we live in a bubble when we hear a story like that with uh, our children. We're trying... I'm in Boston. These these parents are so concerned about education. Their biggest number one priority is where are the great schools? Where are they? Where do we send our kids to give them the very best education? And then you see this little girl in Pakistan who is incredible. Incredible. Just standing up and saying girls deserve an education there is nowhere in the Quran that says girls can't be educated and so on and then Taliban goes in and shoots her in the head I mean it's just beyond belief that these people are not allowing these beautiful young women who are so bright and so capable to go to school so I do have to end with just a little bit of a dinner and that is that apparently the city we're going to Lahore is where this incident happened so we uh, hope not to meet any Taliban while we're there, and uh, we know that we'll be well protected. But it is a scary part of the world, and and by no means do we want anyone to think that Muslims are not wonderful. This little girl is a Muslim, obviously, and we've, we've been in the Muslim world. We love these Muslim families that we meet. But it is so important to remember that, you know, as Richard said, it doesn't matter where parents are. It doesn't matter where they live. They want the same thing for their kids, but they can't always give the same thing to their kids because of where they are. So we need to appreciate our education and and appreciate these heroes, as Richard said. We hope we're not heroes uh, by the time we get home. I hope we don't get kidnapped or something, <laughs> right, Richard?
1: <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll be among great families, and... Uh... I think the thing that keeps coming back to me, and and we're glad to have this radio show every Monday just to remind us of sort of where we're going and what we're doing. But I think the great thing about it is, once again, families are the last best hope of this world. May we all do the best we can with what we've got, and we will see you next week once again on Hires on the Road. Thank you.